All right, welcome to the King of the North podcast week six recap. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Porter, here joined by resident Vikings fan Grant Becker, resident uh, Packers fan Riley Salen. We're hoping to get John on a little bit later here uh, today, but how, guys, how was your, uh, how was your week six? You know, was... week six was, was not too bad. Finally got a, another win on the board. Uh, stacked one up in the one-score win column, baby. This was the third straight Sunday in which the Packers did not play. So it's it's now just become accustomed to me that to not see the Packers play on Sunday. But it was stress-free, which is always nice. Uh, but I am itching to get some uh, some Packers football back into my life. So looking forward to that. The rest of us are all yeah. big firm believers in if our team doesn't play on Sunday, our team can't ruin our Sunday. So welcome to three straight weeks mm-hmm. of that, Riley. Mm-hmm. It's nice. That's true. That's true. Well, it was a good Sunday uh, for me. Um, yeah, I guess I can just kind of kick it off here. Uh, game just wrapped between the Lions and the Buccaneers. Lions get the victory, fourth straight win. Uh, they win 20-6. to six. Um, Grant, I think I just got to say, starting off, I think that you were just like on point with all of your uh, predictions with the preview pod. I think you, you basically hit everything on the head. You said that this would be a Lions win. Uh, we all took the Lions to cover, and you said that it would uh, feel better right um, after the fact than maybe what it was during uh, during the game. I think the Lions did a little bit better than that because they, they they did kind of handle handle their business. Obviously, they won by two scores. Um, uh, I think I just saw somewhere that this is the first time the Lions have won four straight games by 14 or more points since 1969. Shout out, shout nice. out to that team. So pretty, pretty ridiculous stretch right now to the Lions. Unprecedented stretch that the Lions are on at the moment. But um, I guess getting into the game, um, you know, I, I guess that 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 Philadelphia game was a bit fluky in terms of the the Tampa Bay run defense because they did a really good job uh, bottling up David Montgomery. No Jameer Gibbs uh, this week. I do have to probably stop trying to guess what the injury designations are going to be for this team, because it seems like every single time I say that they're a go, we immediately get off the podcast and it's like, Oh, Jameer Gibbs got like a hamstring injury or like Brian branch is dealing with something else that, you know, and that he hadn't been dealing with before, but either way, it was just rolling with David Montgomery. He didn't do much. And then he kind of ripped off a pretty big, big run and wound up uh, getting a rib injury. Uh, x-rays came back negative they announced during the game so that's good but he was out and it was just Craig Reynolds as the primary running back um, in which he did not do much from a running standpoint but he did um, have some nice screen passes that we were able to kind of wind up the Buccaneers for Um, so basically this just became like the Jared Goff show um, and this was going to be a game that Jared was just going to have to take us to the promised land um, and admittedly, when that when David Montgomery went out, it was like I think it was ten to three at that point. Um, I do think Amon Ra had scored the touchdown, um, and I was like a little nervous. I was like, all right, it's like all on, it's kind of all on Jared, even though Jared's been obviously really good this season. But I was like, now it's it's all on him. He's got no backup, you know, and he likes to work with play action. Now now the Buccaneers don't need to respect the run game as much uh, with Craig Reynolds being back there. So I was a little bit nervous. I was like, all right, like. This guy's going to need to drop back 40 times. I think he dropped back like 44, 45 times in this game. But um, he was sharp, man. Like, he was just really good. I think the story of the game is that we were just way better on third down than Tampa Bay. 
Um, I thought Levante David had like a hell of a game. Devin White had a hell of a game. Vita Vea made things tough for him. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy sledding, but we were just much better on third down. Amon Ra with maybe his best game of his career, 12 catches for like a buck 28 and a touchdown. Uh, his touchdown reception was outrageous. I mean, like he had three Buccaneers just around. And he makes a beautiful cutback. Craig Reynolds comes in there with just like the block of the game. Uh, it's like the block of the season probably for the Lions to get him in the end zone. That was remarkable. Um, and then, you know, Jameson Williams, what did Grant say, right? Like, let's run this guy deep a couple times, stretch the defense. So, Grant, you nailed that as well. Uh, he finally gets loose after dropping a pretty bad one, to be honest, um, after that. And just kind of, you know, um, makes a great, great play in the ball, tracks it well. Wasn't a great ball from Goff, but winds up reeling it in. So, I'm happy for him. Uh, Carlos Monarez from the uh, – from the Detroit Free Press, uh, you can eat glass, buddy. Hope that you uh, hope that you like that one right in your grill. Um, Carlos is the Detroit Free Press Free Free Press writer that likes to um, find a lion to pick on every single year, and uh, typically that has been um, Jamison Williams. Now, formerly it was Jeff Akuda, it was Jared Goff before that. He's just one of these writers that is uh, just never, never happy with any outcome of the game. So he's big Jamison Williams hater. So I'm really glad that Jamison Williams got to go stick it right in his face. So love that for him. Um, I will not let it die. Um, but on that, I mean, I think like the defense, man, this defense is so good. I, I know that we like got lucky on a couple, um, you know, dropped deep balls from, um, from Evans uh, today and Baker just kind of barely missed out on a couple deep shots for, for the Buccaneers. So we got a little bit lucky at some points, but I thought the pressure was there enough to like rattle. I think we just wore down that offense by the end of the game too. Um, Tracy Walker for those last, last two series were just, was literally trying to put someone in the hospital, honestly. So I think we just kind of broke the will of Tampa Bay by the end of the game. Um but yeah, man, this defense is awesome. I mean, they again, we won on third down. We were much better. We were the much better third down team. We were able to force a turnover uh, compared to you know nothing for Tampa Bay. Um, and Lions just keep rolling, man. Five and one. They're just they're just really good. And I'm uh, I'm over the moon. I am excited for you. I think that this was a vindication of a lot of the stuff that you've been stoked about all along the way and a lot of the positive things we talked about coming into this game. Um, I certainly I felt I enjoyed it because, like you said, it was kind of a lot of stuff that I had talked about, um, kind of Ben Johnson doing some of his stuff. And uh, I think this is a really a perfect, perfect game for the Lions because as long as David Montgomery is OK, I think he is really important to this team. But they did show, right, that like they're not reliant on him carrying it 30 times. And obviously that's a relatively stout run defense, like you mentioned. Um, but like this was, hey, Jerry Goff, we're taking away a lot of your pacifiers here, man. And we're going to make you do some big boy stuff. I think this was like the um, you can't make a top five list for MVP without Jerry Goff type of game here. And I don't want to like I don't want to say he was out of this world unbelievable, but he was really good and he's been really good the whole season. I know you mentioned the other night. He's a top-ranked quarterback by PFF right now. That doesn't surprise me. And, you know, I mean, they reward the guys who do a lot of things that Kirk does, that Jared Goff does. But Jared Goff is operating at as high a level as he ever has, and he's been an MVP candidate before. I mean, I think he's right in that vicinity. And when we talk about the weapons the Lions have, like, he did a really good job today taking advantage of a group of players who are solid and widely talented but not 
not a top half of the league group of guys, but he knows when he needs to go to Amon Ross St. Brown. He knows when he needs to go to Josh Reynolds. He does a good job giving Sam Laporta a lot of chances. I think it's really fun to watch a guy who's who's really thriving, and you can tell he's enjoying his football, and the line is holding up despite injuries. Um, but the, the reason I think it's a great game all around is because there's plenty of stuff to still work on, like plenty of takeaways, things that they can do to improve from this performance, while also – I mean, thoroughly dominating a good team. The the Bucks are an above average team in the NFL. They're going to be a playoff team. That this roster is loaded with guys who won a Super Bowl, and Baker is playing the second best football of his career. Um, he he causes some problems. Frankly, he's been he's been intriguing. And I think today that the the Lions showed a couple of different things on defense. I like the amount of pressure that they threw in there. That was fun to watch. They were kind of a nightmare to deal with in a different way because a lot of the things I think that have been a problem for opposing offenses is Aiden Hutchinson and the the cascading effect of Aiden Hutchinson. And today it was a whole lot more of a team game, which I think you need to rely on more throughout the season, but um, overwhelmingly positive result here. And again, I think that this did not change my opinion of, of the Bucks. It did again, stack another level of trust on the Lions. And I think I feel pretty good now about saying that at the very worst, they're in that second tier of, of Super Bowl contenders in the league, somewhere a floor of like seven to eight. Uh, but I think you could realistically argue for this team at like third or fourth right now. And I'm I'm guessing they're going to be pretty darn close to number one in DVOA, depending on what the Bills do tonight. Um, and that's a useful metric and it gets more and more useful throughout the season. And the Lions continue to get higher in it each week. So um yeah, if I was you, I would be over the moon. Um, I don't remember, actually, at this point in a Vikings season um, in my life, I don't remember having a team this good um, through this point of the season. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Case Keenum team in 2017 was awesome. The Brett Favre team was awesome. I don't remember 98. I was I was four. So it's not it's not up there for me. But in my living memory, I haven't seen a Vikings team that through six weeks was as strong as this Lions team is. Yeah, uh, I think. Well, first off, I want to shout out the pod once again. Back-to-back, locks of the week, Lions minus three. Let's go, boys. One pride for the pod. Those are um, the only picks that are winning right now. Are <laughs> yeah, Grant, Grant's uh, having like a hell of a week this week with his picks. We're all doing awful, but we did nail Lions minus three. So. He's mm-hmm. just going to ride that for the rest of the season. Let's go. Uh, yeah, no, I, I said last week uh, on the preview pod, I think the really the only chance that the, the Bucks had of winning this game is if Baker could connect with Mike Evans. We saw he was not really able to do that on a consistent basis today. He missed some throws, but also, I mean, that line's defense was stingy as we know it to be. I was impressed with the speed of the defense, especially the linebackers today. I thought that there was a, a very good uh, concerned effort to get to the ball carrier today. That, that's one thing that kind of just, jumped out to me. Um, but I mean, yeah, going into it, I, I, I guess I underestimated how good the bucks were. I didn't really believe in them that much. Uh, but I still thought that the, the lions were going to come out to this, uh, you know, pretty, pretty convincingly, at, you know, 14 points. That's, that's kind of what I expected at, at least at a, at a bare minimum. Um, but yeah, no, the lions are a good football team. They are a very good football team. Uh, this is what good football teams do. And there's really just the sky's the limit for this team, honestly. I mean, Tom, I, I think you you might be able to talk into the schedule a little bit, but like now the schedule, it's kind of it's kind of as the underbelly, as we uh, as we like to say, uh, it's getting a little easier. So the Lions, the Lions can do some real damage this year. Yeah, I mean, um, 
they're going to have a tough game next week because they go on the road to play Baltimore, who is four and two, but it has a pretty good argument of being they should be six and zero, oh, um, minus some failures uh, against the Colts, and then obviously their their drop dilemma against the Steelers. They they're probably kicking themselves at four and two, so it'll be a tough game um, next week, which we'll get into later in the week, anyways. But yeah, I mean, from that point on, though, I mean, you got Raiders, you got Bears twice, you have Vikings twice, you have Broncos. Um, I mean, this is all not in order, right? But um, you have like the Packers again at home on Thanksgiving. So it's the second half of the schedule is going to lighten up for the Lions. And, you know, I don't think it's crazy to be uh, talking playoffs, obviously, with where they're at in the division at this point uh, in the season. I, there is still a lot of season left to go, but um you know, I guess to quote Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof, or is that Mike Tomlin? That's Michael Jordan, right? Um, either way, um, you know, with the with the 49ers and the Eagles losing today, that window for a number one seed, which sounds crazy coming from the Lions, is certainly open because we don't play the Eagles and we don't play the 49ers. Those two teams do play each other uh, later on this season. So they one of those teams will have to lose again. Um, at some point, and I'm not saying the Lions are going to run the table here and they're going to finish 16 and one or whatever, and like they're going to get the one seed. But it's everything that the Lions could possibly want. It is available to them to achieve. You know, will they? I don't know. Like, hopefully, yes. But um, they're in a really good spot. I I, I did want to shout out quickly. Um, Again, the linebacking group. Jack Campbell got a lot more play today. I thought he was really good. Uh, Alex Anzalone is playing out of his mind this year. I, I just he has really taken his. I thought he was such a mid-level linebacker when we picked him up a couple of years ago. Not bad, not great, and he has just been all over the field this year. Um, he just looks quicker than he like ever has in his entire life. Um, Brian Branch, please get healthy, please. I'm so. I'm so tired of watching Will Harris. Will Harris is so bad. He did get an interception today. So actually, let's talk nice about Will Harris. He did get an interception today. That's the end of the segment. Will Harris, you suck, dude. Okay. You like probably should have given up like two touchdowns today. The guy just can't he can't even blitz right. Couldn't even get Baker down. He's got a free shot on him. I hate Will Harris. It's like it's like my Kevin King to the Packers. Like, although we haven't been in the big enough spot for Will Harris to ruin my life. But I need. Yeah, he hasn't cost you a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Correct, but like that's where I, I need I need Brian Branch to get to get healthy. I would take him over anyone else right now because Will Harris. I am so sick of watching you in a Lions uniform. But um, that is that's that's for the end of my comment. John, do you have any comment on on the Lions game from what you were watching? Yeah, I think that the Lions just are like a well-oiled machine at this point, and. Like you said, they control their own destiny pretty much in a lot of this playoff race right now. I think that um, Goff continues to impress and play well, play efficiently. Um, we've seen this defense, and especially in our own division, give tough days to quarterbacks and offenses and things like that, um, surprise some teams. I just don't think that the Lions are in a position with their coaching to really get surprised by anybody or... Um, to find themselves in on the wrong end of a trap game just because I think they are well coached. They believe in themselves and they always I think deep down they always think that they are a bit of an underdog team, which is like the Lions always have been an underdog team. I think it's really tough 
to lose or to win a game when your top two running backs aren't playing for the majority of it. Um, especially with a team that's like seventh in the run game in the league right now. I think um, they show that they can win, you know, different ways on offense, but also with their defense, which is pretty dangerous. Um, there's a lot of teams that are a little more one dimensional, but the Lions seem to have uh, both sides of the ball in a really good place right now. I think um, dominating possession the way that they did 13 minutes uh, more than the Buccaneers and stopping the Bucks on tough um, pressure situations, two for 12 on third down were the Bucks. So um, when you can kind of get your defense off the field like that and your offense, even missing, you know, two top guys can continue to move the ball and hold on to the ball. I just, yeah, I was impressed again. And the way the Bears game went, I'm not looking forward to our two matchups against the Lions. Yeah, we can uh, we can jump into. Uh, I, th- I think before we get off the Lions, we should just touch quick on I, you. You were talking about sort of the playoff situation, Tom. And I just want to add before we, we move off of them before this week's games, DVOA gave the Lions a 12 percent chance of the one seed in the NFC, a 27 percent chance of the two seed, a 28 percent chance of the three seed and a 22 percent chance of the four seed. So it it believes there's a 90 percent chance they're going to win the division. So those odds are obviously pretty heavily stacked towards one of the top four seeds. And I think we'll see a little bit of a shift off of that number four seed. That 22 percent is going to drop down to like 10 percent. And that's going to get redistributed up among those top levels. San Francisco had a 55% chance and Philly had a 24% chance of the one seed coming into this week. Uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay had like 3% between the two of them. Those numbers are going to progressively over the years shrink down to now. Now there's three teams in the race for it. I think realistically, if you're looking out that far, there would have to be dramatic changes in the NFC for anyone other than Detroit, Philly, or San Francisco to get the one seed. It's week six. We have narrowed that race down to three teams, and your team is in it. So congratulations, and thanks for repping the NFC North. <laughs> yeah, the next yeah, game we're going to talk a, about. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good uh, representation. It, no, it, no, it's not. I mean, it is a bummer for our podcast on the whole that, like, the Lions have, like, completely ran away with this thing by week six, you know? Um it does take a little bit of the flair around this podcast. Cause I know that people are like, Oh my God, these guys probably just come on here. We suck off the lions for 40 minutes or whatever, and then move on to these <laughs> like other you know, three teams. So it's, it's not the best setup right now for our podcast, but it is, it is cool to see that the lions are working their way into the top tier of the, the NFL so early, but let's jump right into it. We got Vikings bears, Big Ten football special. It was ugly. It was it was just downright awful. But the Vikings come away with a win, 19 to 13. Uh, we got a Taysom Bajant uh, appearance in this game. That's just where we we're at. But uh, we'll we'll start with the victors. Grant, give us your rundown. Yeah, this this didn't feel good. Uh, it didn't feel healthy. It. Uh, I said to several people it was a real a really nice tribute to the Iowa Wisconsin game uh, from yesterday, and I I don't mean that in any way that's positive at all. Um, like this is this is the worst game the Vikings have played this season. <laughs> so if you the Vikings have had three 
reasonably good performances and three oh that's kind of rough type of performances and they are uh they're two and one in the bad performances and oh and three in the like ah you can't be that mad about that performances um but you know this is kind of what i thought it would look like and i think this is the first time since kirk cousins has come to minnesota where he wasn't throwing to elite pass catchers to an elite group of pass catchers i mean the, Justin Jefferson's rookie season is arguably the worst group of people that Cousins has ever thrown the ball to. And it was Jefferson who had one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. And Adam Thielen, who was still a thousand yard receiver. Uh, and it dropped off a, a bit after that. The tight end situation wasn't great. And there was some wide receiver three questions for sure. And KJ Osborne was a rookie and he wasn't contributing at that point in time. So this is the worst set of guys Cousins has ever had to throw the ball to. And he looked pretty brutal today despite the fact that he wasn't really under that much pressure. I mean, we talked about it earlier, this this Vikings offensive line against that Bears defensive line was a pretty big mismatch, and certainly they got some plays through because this is not a perfect Vikings offensive line, but it's it's pretty damn good, and they gave Kirk a whole lot of time today, and he just did not look like a guy who knew how to take advantage of having that time. It was kind of sad to watch. I think he played poorly. I think that the Vikings sort of ran the ball poorly. I had, at times... I just wonder what the game plan is to get the run game going. Like they just don't seem to have a rhythm or a coherent strategy to rhythmically run the football. And, um, you know, I think it's something we see the lions do really well. And, you know, maybe, maybe Kevin O'Connell needs to study what, what Ben Johnson is doing in terms of getting that going because the holes are there and yeah, the talent is not necessarily there in the Vikings backfield, but Pretty frustrating game on offense, and I'm sure John's going to echo the same sentiments for his offense, though at least there was a reasonable excuse for them. Um, you know, maybe Justin Fields could have got something going in the second half. But um, the, the bright spots on offense, again, I think the offensive line was strong. I think it was a reasonably good performance from Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne. Uh, they were asked to do a fair bit, I think, today. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't think that Kirk did them a lot of favors. The fun part, though, was watching the Vikings defense operate. And thank goodness, because they were on the field a lot. But, I mean, they cooked. They re- Right off the first snap today, Justin Fields gets drilled in the back because of the see was coming. This was Brian Flores at his finest. He knew he had a mismatch. And I'm sure he's absolutely stewing that they gave him a touchdown today because it should have been one of the most dominant performances the Vikings defense has had since the, like, peak Zimmer years. Um, some interesting players that I think – shine today who deserve some love uh josh metellus came into the year sort of pegged as safety three but people were hoping he would be safety four uh because they want we wanted louis seen the first round pick the talented guy to to come out and break through and be useful but it became clear that not only was metellus the third safety he was probably gonna be on the field most of the time and he's played slot cornerback which is a difficult job in the nfl and he's done a really really good job of it and he is so nasty down in the box they line him up in the slot they'll blitz him He's been awesome in run defense. I think he's been a fantastic player, and they got a steal in signing him to an extension. So we haven't talked about Josh Metellus. I just want to shout him out because I thought I thought he was really fantastic today. He got a sack. He was all over the place. Um, Daniil Hunter, I, I imagine his days in purple are limited. Um, there's really no case for not trading him. And I think realistically he would fetch you more in return than Cousins because you can just plug a defensive end in to any place and he'll be useful in the last two years he's had double digit sacks in a 3-4 and a 4-3 defense so like you know he's going to show up and be good installing a guy like Kirk Cousins into an offense is a difficult thing to do so um you know I think I think uh 
Daniel Hunter can fetch a third round pick or better. And so I, I think he's going to be playing for somebody else in a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed watching him as a Viking. And it was, it was great to see him today because he was, he did today what he did to the lions for a long time, whether their offensive line was, was a much weaker unit just wrecked the game. So yeah, I think an awesome defensive performance or really disappointing offensive performance. Um, we're not, we're dangerously close now to this being a middle of the road offense and a middle of the road defense. And when you look at the talent on those two sides of the ball, um, that raises some serious, serious coaching questions. So it's a victory, um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel that nice. Yeah, if you could uh, just quick interjection before John jumps in there, uh, if you could hold off on trading to deal Hunter to the Ravens for one more week, I greatly appreciate that because he is an absolute Lions killer. So yeah, if you guys could just hold off on the Ravens for one more one more week. Yeah, that would that would be crazy if he if he guys jump in for the Ravens next week. I think it'll be a couple more weeks yet. I'm sure they're going to want him for the San Francisco game, and you know I wouldn't mind seeing him sack Jordan Love too before he heads on out somewhere else. But obviously, the sooner they trade him, the higher the value. So you know, that's up to them. But I'm guessing they won't pull the plug on anybody until next week. Yeah, moving over to the Bears side of things. Um, kind of a roller coaster last few weeks, I would say. Um, Feeling a lot more like I did week four and five than I do uh, than I did this previous week, I guess. Um, I don't know. I thought our defense played all right in terms of stopping the run. I think that was the best thing they did today. Um, I also think DJ Edwards is kind of coming into his own. Again, I think it's hard for any defensive player to kind of shine on this defense, but um, TJ Edwards made his fair share of plays today. I also think it's interesting. Granted, some injuries are, you know, some guys are going through injuries. Brisker and Stevenson really seem to, like, lead our secondary more so than Eddie Jackson and uh, Jalen Johnson. And, you know, I know Eddie Jackson's kind of been up and down over the past few years. But um, those are two guys that I'd expect we'd be running that side of the defense through. And it really seems like Tyreek and Brisker are the ones that are willing to kind of make those plays or make those tackles. Um, I thought both of those two had a good game. Um, we had our fair share of shots at like turnovers. You know, I thought we had a few picks that we missed and um, that fumble recovery. Uh, granted, that one hurt, but it didn't really hurt us in the grand scheme of things. I think we got the ball. Crazy call. Crazy yeah, call. it's a tough I mean, that's one. That's a 50-yard gap. That's That was bonkers. They blew that. Yeah, I, that that like sucked, but... I mean, the Bears are definitely like making me hate football at this point. So I'm kind of watching that game. Like, what, what do I even want to happen? Or like, do I really care if they call this one back? But I was in the middle of Target and I did make a bit of a, a temper tantrum when uh, they called it back. And so we were kind of uh, out today for the first half. But I caught the whole first half on my phone, um, ran into a few people and head down. But yeah, the defense, I don't know. Like you I want to say that they played stout because I look at the stats and I look at, you know, we dominated possession a little bit and we had more yards and we were able to stop them on third down. But also like if you watch the whole game, we're not getting pressure on Kirk Cousins. We by no means um dominated either side of the line, but the, we gave Kirk Cousins like plenty of time and he had receivers running open all game. So it's like you know, I don't know, like the stats show and, you know, we stopped their offense enough, but held in the field goals. But like 
I mean, it seemed like Kirk was able to kind of do what he wanted to, especially in those times where he really needed like a big KJ Osborne catcher. All of a sudden, Hawkinson was like becoming a really big player on that drive through the middle. Um, yeah, so, you know, defensively, I think, again, this team's going to continue to show it. They do have some good players, and there's actually some talent developing on that defensive line, too. Um, but I think we're you know, another year out from it becoming a cohesive unit, being able to communicate and um, execute a game plan more so than just, you know, some rookies and some second year guys that are trying to kind of find their way and find that confidence. And it's tough for guys to find confidence when you've lost this much and when you've given up as many points as you have. So, um, yeah, I think it's at this point a little bit more about developing some of those guys. And I think some of them are showing pretty good reps, but um, on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, I just didn't think Fields played well. I was kind of bummed um, that we came out to such a slow start. I think everybody and their mother knew that Flores was going to come out and apply pressure to Justin Fields, and they were going to try and find holes in this offensive line, and you'd like to think that we'd be able to game plan for that a little bit better or, you know, I said it a few times in the chat, you can't really ask our two running backs, Foreman and, and Evans, to uh, get up there and and block some of these guys. And they had a few tough um, assignments that one time Hunter just ran right around Deontay Foreman. Like Darnell Wright took like a safety or I forget, maybe a linebacker. And all of a sudden, you know, you got Hunter on a running back who hasn't played a game in five games. So um, there were some questionable things like that that just made me feel like even though we're working around some injuries, um, we had most of the guys there and um, this is the healthiest our offensive line has been. And we really came out at the beginning and just played a really soft first couple drives. And that's on Justin too. And um, yeah, I just like, we just cannot help to defend against pressure. Um, I thought Deontay Foreman played very well for what we asked of him, which is, you know, getting in the game after sitting on the sidelines for so long. Um, pretty disappointed in the offensive line. I know some injuries and we can't get like a shotgun snap in the hands of our quarterbacks. It's high and it's low. And, you know, we're bringing in Lucas Patrick to try and fix things. That's never a good sign. Um, but, yeah, I think DJ Moore continued to show that when you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it and he's going to make good plays. And, um it was nice to see Mooney get somewhat involved. I really think that this offense could use a lot more Mooney. Um, tough to see him kind of like, especially with Claypool, you know, not on our team anymore. It's really tough to see Mooney kind of take a second or a third seat to commit and those guys. I think, you know, if we can get the ball in his hands, he's another dynamic playmaker that we need right now. Um, I don't know what we're doing with Bayless, so... I'm sure he's not going to be on the team within the next like two years, but um, yeah, it just would have been nice to be ready for the blitz and get the game started off a little bit better. It was pretty ugly. Um, Tyson Bajan, like, I don't know what you can expect out of him, but um, another roller coaster there where I got up and then sat back down and then got up and then sat back down because it felt like we had a chance and then we didn't and then we did and then we didn't. So um, yeah, the Vikings, I thought, won a close game um that fumble six definitely hurts and you know throughout the end i'm not sure where that was but we didn't play well enough from start to finish to even probably deserve a chance at, at winning this one 
Um, and yeah, it's kind of a back to the drawing board thing. We'll see how Fields is, but um, that'd be pretty tough to lose Fields for even two to three games at this point, I think, because um, that really kind of puts the nail in his coffin. And I think we need to see as many reps of him as possible and, um, you know, try and do what we can to plan for next year. But um, if he ends up missing significant time, I think that's a really tough you know, outlook for this team just in terms of the season winning football games, but also um, kind of resetting that quarterback clock and picking another guy and getting into those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see how Fields comes out of this. But, um, yeah, just not enough on either side of the ball, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there uh, on Justin Fields. It's like imperative that he plays as many games as possible here because it's almost like where the Packers are at with Jordan Love in a, in a way of like you need a full season to assess whether this is the guy to invest in moving forward. And if he misses significant time, then I think the conversation's over. I think we've all kind of gotten to the point with Justin Fields anyways of basically sticking the fork in him as far as his career with the Bears. But the last if you just erase for, that Washington game from my memory, then he, I mean, I mean, he did have like two, so tough. He did have two really exceptional games in a row, right? But it's a matter of you can't just take the two games against one, one of which is one of the worst defenses of all time, right? And then make a decision on a guy that's supposed to be the face of your franchise moving forward off those two games. You need an entire season worth of, you know, experience and reps to make a, a competent decision. So hopefully, I mean. I guess hopefully not. Hopefully he's not out. I think the Bears are, a, uh, for what they are, they are a much more interesting team with him in the game. I was intrigued to see if he could stack another one here against the Vikings. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this game basically came down to the first series, though. I thought it was pretty insane that, like, you knew with the with the Vikings coming in with the blitz, for, with the blitz rate that they have to uh, allow three sacks on the first series for the Bears, um, the first one being – completely untouched um, to start the game off. So that, again, once again, leads me to question what Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze are are doing to game plan for these situations, you know, um, which is not out of the norm for what we've been talking about the Bears for like the last, you know, year plus that we've been kind of jumping on the podcast and, and talking about it. So no, that's overly surprising. Um you know, I guess one silver lining is I, I don't think we need to worry about Taysom Bajan being the guy. Um, you know, I don't think he's coming for Justin Fields' job. So at this point, Justin Fields will play. He will uh, succeed and retain his position as the franchise quarterback for the Bears. Or Justin Fields will play and not play well, and then you will move on to Caleb Williams or Drake May or Justin Fields will not play at all due to this injury, and you will move on to Caleb Williams and Drake May at that point. So um, at least you don't have to worry about the thought of uh, Taysom Bajan possibly being uh, the Tom Brady or the Brock Purdy of the Chicago Bears. I think that is that has been solved in this game. Yeah, thank God. Go ahead, Green. I think, I think it's Tyson, right? Tyson Badgen. Tyson? Tyson? Yeah, it was Tyson. 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 Right, so you don't Bajan. even know your name, bro. I don't think you need to spend a whole lot of time worrying about his name. If we're being honest, you can just call him that. The Bears' backup quarterback. Um, his college, his college is Shepherd. That's it. It's just I, not 
Not anything else. No other words. Nope. ESPN. Shepherd. That's I looked it. so hard to figure out what conference they play in, and I just couldn't. I was all over Google, bouncing around, and all of a sudden I'm at like some Shepherd Conference 2023, that some religious thing, and I just could not figure out for the life of me where, like, what conference these guys play in. Yeah, it got me on the uh, Sporkle quiz the other day. Co- colleges of the 2023 NFL starting quarter or NFL quarterbacks that are rostered, and I got like I was at 75 out of 81, and I was looking around, and I was like. Nah, it's probably not going to happen with any of these. And I looked at Bajan and I was like, I hit give up with like 90 seconds to go. And it said Shepard. And I was like, Shep- what Shepard? No- nothing else. That's it. It's just <laughs> Shepard. Okay. Um, yeah, this game uh, graced my my 65-inch uh, viewing experience. And uh, that was uh, that was quite something. It really shows how much of a sicko I am for uh, for NFC North football. Uh, at some at one point, I, I saw the purple and I saw it was transpiring. I, I had to make sure I wasn't watching Ryan Field uh, on a Saturday at like 11 a.m. because of the just god awful football that was transpiring. It's really unfortunate one of these teams had to win a game. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's just what, what can you what can you really say uh, like about it at, at at this particular moment? I mean the Bears like look. Whether Fields is the guy or not, like you're gonna get a good pick. Like it's it's it sucks to be at this point and like kind of look at that as the outlook. But like I mean, there's there is some fun in that, and I mean I, we don't know the extent of what this injury is gonna be for for Fields. Uh, hopefully it's something too serious because I mean he's still a dynamic player, so you want to watch him play. Um, but yeah, I mean like it's just there's there's not much and for the vikings i mean i picked up the vikings defense for fantasy this week uh and that turned out to be a hell of a decision shubies are one and out or finally have a win fantastic uh uh, vikings defense did what i thought they would do uh cause problems didn't see a lot of targets to dj Moore throughout the game which you take away dj Moore, we kind of saw what might transpire for this bears offense and it didn't look that great um yeah, I mean, it's just Vikings once again found themselves in a one score game. Uh, Evergreen tweet. We, we got to find a way to make sure that's a that's a betting line. Uh, but yeah, not much not much to say other than this. A, a football game was played. That's that's my take. All right. Um, before we go to, I think it's just important to note that Fields today continued to do the things that we've seen him do that have been frustrating to watch and made me feel like. He is not the guy when he feels a little bit of pressure and he's got receivers moving all over the place. He keeps his head down. He's shifting in the pocket, like has the ball back, like he's ready to throw, but he's got his eyes on the ground. I really don't think he's in a position to throw. He's held onto the ball too long. He really just the same things that we've seen. And with the DJ Moore thing, like most of those were from Tyson, um, felt like we're really in a position to really just throw that ball up to DJ more regardless and let him have a few shots at it. But um, I think we just really saw the same exact things that we've seen way too many years in a row from fields at this point. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's all fair points. Um, I guess before we wrap up Riley, any like important news coming out of the Packers camp for the bye week at all, just in terms of, Injuries, any important news that you've seen or just kind of a normal bye week? Happy to be. I think it's just been 
I think, it, yeah, or quote healthier because, I mean, God knows a hamstring is probably going to pop up on a Saturday or something. But, yeah, no, I don't think really much has uh, popped up aside from uh, some people upset that on his bye week, A.J. Dillon was uh, really, really harvesting some uh, some wheat on a Farm Simulator on his Twitch. <laughs> Apparently the most that was, the most watched uh, farm simulator stream in the world. So uh, props to him. Uh, hope hope he's doing well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think all on the injury front, it was uh, it was it was relatively good news. Or if no no news is good news, I think. But um, yeah, nothing major, I don't think. Put that on his pro football reference page because you know there's no other accolades getting on that thing. So he can hey, we just we don't we don't have an offensive line, man. They haven't been able to run block at all. <laughs> At yeah, all whatever it takes year. to set your mind right, I'll play a little lawn mowing simulator or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I used to play a game like that. I grew up on a farm, playing the old set up farm, harvest. It's a great time. Very, very, uh, Farmville? Relaxing. Farmville? Not Fantastic. Farmville. No, no. It's like a it was John Deere, <laughs> like, you know, John Deere 2002. It was like they would come out with it like Madden's. That's good we, we'd go my dad if my dad needed some repairs on the tractor or whatever and we'd be at the the john deere up the road in truman i'd be looking around trying to get myself like you know a little toy tractor or whatever so i could harvest downstairs but then one time i found this game and boom i was kind of hooked so i i saw it and i was like let's go aj dylan i like this i'll tell you what though they probably made that game better and better year after year as opposed to madden that's probably true yeah, I would love to see some farm simulator career mode. I bet it's just leaps and bounds further along than than Madden has um, at this point. But um, just a quick wrap up, uh, we'll go over our bets. So King in the North, Mortal, Podcast, Lock, hits again, Lions minus three. Um, otherwise, this was the Grant Becker show. He hits on Minnesota minus two and a half. He hits on both the under in the Bears uh, Vikings game and the under in the Lions Bucks game. I believe that the rest of us, Riley and John and myself, hit the overs. We went with the overs in those games. So big week from Grant. You know, four and zero week uh, technically for him, while the rest of us just went one and uh, and two this week. So you gotta be riding with Grant here because I I did I did put out the the total numbers uh, I believe going into the week Grant was around what sixty what did I say sixty seven sixty seven percent hitting hitting two thirds of my two, bets against the spread and I stacked a four and a week on top of that that's pretty dirty yeah so I mean you gotta be riding with with G Beck right now if you want to get paid I mean I'm a little over fifty percent I'm at fifty seven but that will go down um, Riley you're at like forty something. 45% or something like that. So not it's, the it's, best. It's, it's rough out here. And then John is uh, putting people on the street Hurt. with, with, with <laughs> his bets. Uh, people are lining up for welfare if you've been taking John John Gary's uh, bets at this point. So um, maybe I start. But this could be the turnaround. You know, once you get down low, this is where John could get hot. So if you're going to like buy stock low, now's oh. the time to get on John's. You want to sell buy. my stock and buy your John stock. Right, right now, exactly. short. Um, yeah, so, I think as a podcast right now, we're at 51% hit rate. I'm definitely not helping for that, but uh, money line, we've hit 77%. Over under, we're nine for 27. We only hit one third of our over unders, so that might be me taking every over every week, but um, 
doesn't look good for a lot of us. I got to get back into the money line game. John, John's been taking a page out of like Barstool Big Cats. It's um, Big Cat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or if you just take the over every single game, eventually you'll have like one super awesome week, but then followed up by 16 terrible ones. So. It's definitely like a make the game better when you're sitting on the couch watching it type deal, and it doesn't work yeah. at all. Who doesn't well, love touchdowns? Seriously. Um. So, okay, that will do it for our week six uh, recap pod. Uh, we'll be back. I don't think we have any Thursday games this week. Hopefully not. No. Um, so, I think we're all in action, too. I don't think anyone's on the bye. I know the Packers just coming off. The Lions are not on the bye. So, I think we're still – I think we're all on for this week. So, we will come back later, um, probably either record Thursday night, Friday, something like that. Uh, we'll hit your feed, but – just wanted to say thank you again to everyone who uh, subscribes and listens. Uh, again, continue to subscribe, uh, rate the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Um, and, yeah, just continue to uh, to spread it around. So thank you again. Shouts to Peter for becoming a, a meme, sending us memes, podcast memes. Yeah, big yes. yeah, big shout out to Peter. Peter, avid, avid listener um, of the pod. He's definitely an AWL for this one. So. <laughs> uh, probably, probably leading the way. So, uh, yeah, but anyways, we, we appreciate it. Um, any final thoughts, guys, before we get out of here? No? No, uh, I got no. nothing. Yeah, All right. nothing from another, the Bears fans. Another, another week in the books, and uh, we will see you uh, later on this week. All right. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Deuces.